My dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, where we are now traversing the, uh, the Bhagavad Gita as it is, uh, writing Srila Prabhupada's trains of thought to the conclusion of spiritual life, uh, especially the basics and how to live in this world and stay Krishna conscious. Uh, we welcome you all. We hope you're well and safe and happy in all respects. Uh, I want to remind you to uh, get your friends to uh, subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel of the same name, uh, Daily Readings of Srila Prabhupada's book, so we can get up to a thousand. And just in case Facebook folds, which it looks like it may be <laughs> eventually, uh, we'll be able to go over to YouTube and, and do the same thing with less, with less trouble and less difficulties. Okay, uh, the Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotra is equally applicable, ap applicable to the Bhagavad Gita as to the Bhagavatam. And so we read it every day so that we can get uh, deeper understanding of what we're hearing. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatan Goswami. Sarva Shastra Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprida. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths. You are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidvandotitaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O, o life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Savasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna himself. Madeka bando matsangin madguro man mahadana manistadaka madbhagya mad anandanamostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu saduta dayin. Atini chochatakara, Hanamunchagadachin mam, Premna rit kantayokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Omnavo Bhagavate Vasudivaya. Om Namo 
Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya I'd like to <coughs> offer a warm welcome to our honored guest today, um, His Grace Radharaman Prabhu, who has abandoned us for greener pastures in the big city, you know, us little village boys down here in the hive uh, are appreciating his visit. Hare Krishna. Hare Bo. <coughs> okay. Krishna, Arjuna made his case and Krishna told him this isn't good and Arjuna gave a little more reason and then said actually I can't solve this please accept me as your disciple uh, and now we're, we're going to launch Krishna is going to launch into his instructions to Arjuna chapter 2 Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad Gita as it is beginning with text 9 Sanjaya Uvacha Evam Uktva Vishikishang Gudakesha Padantapa Nayotsya Itigovindam Uktva Tushnim Bhavuvaha Sanjaya said Having spoken thus, Arjuna, chastiser of enemies, told Krishna, Govinda, I shall not fight, and fell silent. This is after he surrendered and became the disciple. Very interesting. Purport. Dhritarashtra must have been very glad to understand that Arjuna was not going to fight and was instead leaving the battlefield for the begging profession. But Sanjaya disappointed him again in relating that Arjuna was competent to kill his enemies, Parantapa. Although Arjuna was, for the time being, overwhelmed with false grief due to family affection, he surrendered unto Krishna, the Supreme Spiritual Master, as a disciple. This indicated that he would soon be free from the false lamentation resulting from family affection and would be enlightened with perfect knowledge of self-realization or Krishna consciousness and would then surely fight. Thus Dhritarashtra's joy would be frustrated since Arjuna would be enlightened by Krishna and would fight to the end. Text 10 Tam Ubacha Rishikisha Prahasan Ibabharata Senayor Ubayor Madje Vishidantamidam Bajaha O descendant of Bharat, at that time Krishna, smiling in the midst of both armies, spoke the following words to the grief-stricken Arjuna. PURPORT The talk was going on between intimate friends, namely Rishikesha and the Gudakesha. As friends, both of them 
were on the same level, but one of them voluntarily became a student of the other. Krishna was smiling because a friend had chosen to become a disciple. As Lord of all, he is always in the superior position as the master of everyone. And yet, the Lord agrees to be a friend, a son, or a lover for a devotee who wants him in such a role. But when he was accepted as the master, he at once assumed the role and talked with, with the disciple, like the master, with gravity, as it is required. It appears that the talk between the master and the disciple was openly exchanged in the presence of both armies so that all were benefited. So the talks of Bhagavad Gita are not for any particular person, society or community, but they are for all, and friends or enemies are equally entitled to hear them. Text 11 Shri Bhagavan Uvacha Ashochan Anvishochas Twam Pragyad Vadangs Jabashase Gatasun Agatasun Cha Nanu Shochantipanditaha The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, While speaking learned words, you are mourning for what is not worthy of grief. Those who are wise lament neither for the living nor for the dead. PURPORT The Lord at once took the position of the teacher and chastised the student, calling him indirectly a fool. The Lord said, You are talking like a learned man, but you do not know that one who is learned, one who knows what is body and what is soul, does not lament for any stage of the body, neither in the living nor in the dead condition. As explained in later chapters, it will be clear that knowledge means to know matter and spirit and the controller of both. Arjuna argued that religious principles should be given more importance than politics or sociology, but he did not know that knowledge of matter, soul, and the Supreme is even more important than religious formulary, form, formularies. And because he was lacking in that knowledge, he should not have posed himself as a very learned man. As he did not happen to be a very learned man, he was consequently lamenting for something which was unworthy of lamentation. The body is born and is destined to be vanquished today or tomorrow. Therefore, the body is not as important as the soul. One who knows this is actually learned, and for him there is no cause for lamentation, regardless of the condition of the material body. Text 12 Natvevaham jatu nasam Natvang neme janadibaha Nachaiva navavishamak Sarivayamatakpadam Never was there a time when I did not exist, nor you, nor all these kings, nor in the future, 
shall any of us cease to be. Purport. In the Vedas, <coughs> in the Kata Upanishad, as well as the Shvetashvatara Upanishad, it is said that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the maintainer of innumerable living entities. In terms of their different situations, according to individual work and reaction of work. That Supreme Personality of Godhead is also, by His plenary portions, alive in the heart of every living entity. Only saintly persons who can see within and without the same Supreme Lord can actually attain to perfect and eternal peace. Nityo nityanang chetanas chetanang eko bahunam yo vidhatikaman tamatmakstam ye nu pushanti didas tesham shanti shashvati netadeshwam Kata Upanishad 2.2.13 The same truth, the same Vedic truth, given to Arjuna is given to all persons in the world who pose themselves as very learned but factually have but a four poor fund of knowledge. The Lord says clearly that He Himself, Arjuna and all the kings who are assembled on the battlefield are certainly individual beings and the Lord is eternally the maintainer of the individual living entities both in their condition and in their liberated situations. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the Supreme Individual Person and Arjuna, the Lord's Eternal Associate and all the kings assembled there are individual, eternal persons. It is not that they did not exist as individuals in the past and it is not that they will not remain eternal persons. Their individuality existed in the past and their individuality will continue in the future without interruption. Therefore, there is no cause for lamentation for anyone. The Mayavadi theory that after liberation the individual soul separated by the covering of Maya or illusion will merge into the impersonal Brahman and lose its individual existence is not supported herein by Lord Krishna, the Supreme Authority. Nor is the theory that we can only nor is the theory that we only think of individuality in the conditioned state supported herein. Krishna clearly says herein that in the future also, the individuality of the Lord and others, as it is confirmed in the Upanishads, will continue eternally. This statement of Krishna's is authoritative because Krishna cannot be subject to illusion. If individuality were not a fact, then Krishna would not have stressed it so much, even for the future. The Mayavadi may argue that the individuality spoken of by Krishna is not spiritual but material. Even accepting the argument that the individuality is material, then how can one distinguish Krishna's 
individuality. Krishna affirms his individuality in the past and confirms his individuality in the future also. He has confirmed his individuality in many ways. An impersonal Brahman has been declared to be subordinate to him. Krishna has maintained spiritual individuality all along. If he is accepted as an ordinary conditioned soul in individual consciousness, then his Bhagavad Gita, if he is accepted as an ordinary conditioned soul in individual consciousness, then his Bhagavad Gita has no value as authoritative scripture. A common man with all the four defects of, of human frailty is unable to reach that which is worth hearing. Excuse me. A common man with all the four defects of human frailty is unable to teach that which is worth hearing. The Gita is above such literature. No mundane book compares with the Bhagavad Gita. When one accepts Krishna as, the, as an ordinary man, the Gita loses all importance. The Mayavadi argues that the plurality mentioned in this verse is conventional and that it refers to the body. But previous to this verse, such a bodily conception is already condemned. After condemning the bodily conception of the, of the living entities, how is it possible for Krishna to place a conventional, a conventional proposition on the body again? Therefore, individuality is maintained on spiritual grounds and is thus confirmed by great acharyas like Sri Ramanuja and others. It is clearly mentioned in many places in the Gita that this spiritual individuality is understood by those who are devotees of the Lord. Those who are envious of Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead have no bona fide access to the great literature. The non-devotee's approach to the teachings of the Gita is something like that of a bee licking on, the bo on a bottle of honey. One cannot have a taste of honey unless one opens the bottle. Similarly, the mysticism of the Bhagavad Gita can be understood only by devotees and no one else can taste it as it is stated in the fourth chapter of the book. Nor can the Gita be touched by persons who envy the very existence of the Lord. Therefore, the Mayavadi explanation of the Gita is a most misleading presentation of the whole truth. Lord Chaitanya has forbidden us to read commentations made by the Mayavadis and warns that one who takes to such an understanding of the Mayavadi philosophy loses all power to understand the real mystery of the Gita. If individuality refers to the empirical universe, then there is no need of teaching by the Lord. The plurality of the individual soul and the Lord is an eternal fact, and it is confirmed by the Vedas as above mentioned.
text 13. Dehino sminyata dehe kaumaran jovanam jada tata dehantara praptir dhiras tatra namuyati As the embodied soul continuously passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age, the soul similarly passes into another body at death. A sober person is not bewildered by such a change. Purport Since every living entity is an individual soul, each is changing his body every moment, manifesting sometimes as a child, sometimes as a youth, and sometimes as an old man. Yet the same spirit soul is there and does not undergo any change. This individual soul finally changes the body at death and transmigrates to another body. And since it is sure to have another body in the next birth, either material or spiritual, there was no cause for lamentation by Arjuna on account of death, neither for Bhishma nor for Drona, for whom he was so much concerned. Rather, he should rejoice for their changing bodies from old to new ones, thereby rejuvenating their energy. Such changes of body account for varieties of enjoyment or suffering, according to one's work in life. So Bhishma and Drona, being noble souls, were surely going to have spiritual bodies in the next life, or at least life in heavenly bodies for superior enjoyment of material existence. So, in either case, there was no cause of lamentation. Any man, any man who has perfect knowledge of the constitution of the individual soul, the super-soul, and nature, both material and spiritual, is called a dhira, or a most sober man. Such a man is never deluded by the change of bodies. The Mayavadi, the Mayavadi theory of oneness of the spirit soul cannot be entertained on the ground that the spirit soul cannot be cut into pieces as a fragmental portion. Such cutting into different individual souls would make the Supreme cleavable or changeable against the principle of the Supreme Souls being unchangeable. As confirmed in the Gita, the fragmental portions of the Supreme exist eternally, sanatana, and they are called chara. That is, they have a tendency to fall down into material nature. These fragmental portions are eternally so, and even after liberation, the individual soul remains the same, fragmental. But once liberated, he lives an eternal life in bliss and knowledge with the personality of Godhead. The theory of reflection can be applied to the super-soul who is present in each and every individual body and is known as the Paramatma. He is different from the individual living entity. When the sky is reflected in water, the reflections represent both the sun and the moon and the stars also. 
The stars can be compared to the living entities <clears throat> and the sun or the moon to the Supreme Lord. The individual fragmental spirit soul is represented by Arjuna and the Supreme Soul is the Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. They are not on the same level as it will be apparent as, as it will be apparent in the beginning of the fourth chapter. If Arjuna is on the same level with Krishna and Krishna is not superior to Arjuna, then their relationship of instructor and instructed becomes meaningless. If both of them are deluded by the illusory energy maya, then there is no need of one being the instructor and the other the instructed. Such instruction would be useless because in the clutches of maya, no one can be an authoritative instructor. Under the circumstances, it, it is admitted that Lord Krishna is the Supreme Lord, superior in position to the living entity, Arjuna, who is forgetful, who is a forgetful soul, deluded by Maya. Text 14 Matras parshas tu konteya Shitoshna sukadukadaha Agama payino nitas Tongs titikshasabharata O son of Kunti, the non permanent appearance of happiness and distress and their disappearance in due course are like the appearance and disappearance of winter and summer seasons. They arise from sense perception, O Sion of Bharat, and one must learn to tolerate them without being disturbed. Purport In the proper discharge of duty, one has to learn to tolerate non-permanent appearances and disappearances of happiness and distress. According to Vedic injunction, one has to take his bath early in the morning, even during the month of Magh, January, February, February. It is very cold at that time, but in spite of that, a man who abides by the religious, religious principles does not hesitate to take his bath. Similarly, a woman does not hesitate to cook in the kitchen in the months of May and June, the hottest part of the summer season. One has to execute his duty in spite of climatic inconveniences. Similarly, to fight is the religious principle of the Kshatriyas. And although one has to fight with some friend or relative, one should not deviate from his prescribed duty. One has to follow the prescribed rules and regulations of religious principles in order to rise up to the platform of knowledge, because by knowledge and devotion only can one liberate himself from the clutches of maya, illusion. The two different names of, ad of address given to Arjuna are also significant. To address him as Kontiya signifies his great blood relations from his mother's side, and to address him as Bharat 
signifies his greatness from his father's side. From both sides, he is supposed to have a great heritage. A great heritage brings responsibility in the matter of proper discharge of duties. Therefore, he cannot avoid fighting. Text 15 Yam vina vyatayantyete purusham purusharshabha samadukasukam diram somritat vayakalpate O best among men, Arjuna, the person who is not disturbed by happiness and distress and is steady in both is certainly eligible for liberation. Purport Anyone who is steady in his determination for the advanced stage of spiritual realization and can equally tolerate the onslaughts of distress and happiness is certainly a person eligible for liberation. In the Varnashram institution, the fourth stage of life, namely the renounced order, sannyas, is a painstaking situation. But one who is serious about making his life perfect surely adopts the sannyas order of life in spite of all difficulties. The difficulties usually arise from having to sever family relationships, to give up the connection of wife and children. But if anyone is able to tolerate such difficulties, surely his path to spiritual realization is complete. Similarly, in Arjuna's discharge of duty, duties as a chatriya, he is advised to persevere, even if it is difficult to fight with his family members or similar beloved persons. Lord Chaitanya took sannyas at the age of 24 and his dependents, young wife as well as old mother, had no one else to look after them. Yet for a higher cause, he took sannyas and was steady in the discharge of higher duties. That is the way of achieving liberation from material bondage. Text 16 Nasato vidyate bhavo na bhavo vidyate sataha ubayor apidrishtantas tvaneyos tattvadarshibihi those who are seers of the truth have concluded that of the non-existent, the material body, there is no endurance, and of the eternal, the soul, there is no change. Thus, seers have concluded by studying the nature of both. Purport There is no endurance of the changing body, that the body is changing every moment, by the actions and reactions of the different cells is admitted by modern medical science. And thus, growth and old age are taking place in the body. But the spirit soul exists permanently, remaining the same, despite all changes of the body and the mind. That is the difference between matter and spirit. By nature, the body is ever-changing and the soul is eternal. The conclusion is established 
by all classes of seers of the truth, both impersonalists and personalists. In the Vishnu Purana 2.12.38, it is stated that Vishnu and his abodes all have self-illuminated spiritual existence. Jyoting si Vishnu bhavanani Vishnu the words existent and non-existent refer only to spirit and matter. That is the version of all seers of truth. This is the beginning of the instruction by the Lord to the living entities who are bewildered by the influence of ignorance. Removal of ignorance involves the re-establishment of the eternal relationship between the worshipper and the worshipable and the consequent understanding of the difference between the part and parcel living entities and the supreme personality of Godhead. One can understand the nature of the supreme by thorough study of oneself, the difference between oneself and the supreme being understood as the relationship between the part and the whole. In the Vedanta Sutras, as well as in the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, the Supreme has been accepted as the origin of all emanations. Such emanations are experienced by superior and inferior natural sequences. The living entities belong to the superior nature, as will be revealed in the seventh chapter. Although there is no difference, although there is no difference, between the energy and the energetic. The energetic is accepted as the supreme, and energy or nature is accepted as subordinate. The living entities, therefore, are always subordinate to the Supreme Lord, as in the case of the master and the servant, or the teacher and the taught. Thus, to drive away such ignorance where such clear knowledge is impossible to understand under the spell of ignorance and to drive away such ignorance the Lord teaches the Bhagavad Gita for the enlightenment of all living entities for all time text 17 Abhinashi tutad vidi jena sarvamidang tatam vinasham avyayasyasya nakachchit kartam arati. That which pervades the entire body you should know to be indestructible. No one is able to destroy the imperishable soul. Purport. This verse more clearly explains the real nature of the soul, which is spread all over the body. Anyone can understand what is spread all over the body. It is consciousness. Everyone is conscious of the pains and pleasures of the body, in part or as a whole. This spreading of, of consciousness, this spreading of consciousness is limited within one's own body. The pains and pleasures of one body 
are unknown to another. Therefore, each and every body is the embodiment of an individual soul, and the symptom of the soul's presence is perceived as individual consciousness. This soul is described as one ten-thousandth part of the upper portion of the hair point in size. The Shvetashvatara Upanishad 5.9 confirms this. Bala grashata bhagasya shatata kalpitasya cha bhago jiva savigyaya sachanantyaya kalpate When the upper point of the hair is divided into 100 parts and again each of such parts is further divided into 100 parts such each such part is the measurement of the dimension of the of the spirit soul similarly similarly the same version is stated kishagra shatabhagasya chatangsha sadrishatmakaha jiva sukshma sarupo yang sankhyatito hichitkanaha there are innumerable particles of spiritual atoms which are measured as one ten thousandth of the upper portion of the hair. Therefore, the individual particle of spirit soul is a spiritual atom smaller than the material atoms and such atoms are innumerable. This very small spiritual spark is the basic principle of the material body and the influence of such a spiritual spark is spread all over the body as the influence of the active principle of some medicine spreads throughout the body. This current of the spirit soul is felt all over the body as consciousness. And that is the proof of the presence of the soul. Any layman can understand that the material body minus consciousness is a dead body and this consciousness cannot be revived in the body by any means of material administration. Therefore, consciousness is not due to any amount of material combination, but to the spirit soul. In the Mundaka Upanishad 3.19, the measurement of the atomic spirit soul is further explained. Eshon nur atma chitesa vidita vyo Yasmin prana panchada sangvishesha pranaischitam sarvamotam prajanam yasmin vishude vibhavat yesha atma The soul is atomic in size and can be perceived by perfect intelligence. This atomic soul is floating in the five kinds of air prana, apana, vyana, samana and udana is situated within the heart and spreads its influence all over the body of the embodied living entities. When the soul is purified from the contamination of the five kinds of material air, its spiritual influence is exhibited. The Hatha Yoga system is meant for controlling the five kinds of air encircling the pure soul by different kinds of sitting postures 
not for any material profit, but for liberation of the minute soul from the entanglement of the material atmosphere. So the constitution of the atomic soul is admitted in all Vedic literatures. And it is also actually felt in the practical experience of any sane man. Only the insane man can think of this atomic soul as all-pervading Vishnu Tattva. The influence of the atomic soul can be spread all over a particular body. According to the Mundaka Upanishad, this atomic soul is situated in the heart of every living entity. And because the measurement of the atomic soul is beyond the power of appreciation of the material scientists, some of them assert foolishly that there is no soul. The individual atomic soul is definitely there in the heart along with the Supersoul. And thus, all the energies of bodily movement are emanating from this part of the body. The corpuscles which carry the oxygen from the lungs gather energy from the soul. When the soul passes away from this position, the activity of the blood generating fusion ceases. Medical science accepts the importance of the red corpuscles, but it cannot ascertain that the source of the energy is the soul. Medical science, however, does admit that the heart is the seat of all energies of the body. Such atomic particles of the spirit soul are compared to the sunshine molecules. In the sunshine, there are innumerable radiant molecules. Similarly, the fragmental parts of the Supreme Lord are atomic sparks of the rays of the Supreme Lord called by the name Prabha or superior energy. So whether one follows Vedic knowledge or modern science, one cannot deny the existence of the spirit soul in the body. And the science of the soul is explicitly described in the Bhagavad Gita by the personality of Godhead. That's 8 o'clock, 8.01 to be exact. So we'll stop our reading of the Bhagavad Gita there and open the doors of the hearts, hopefully, of the assembled sages for reflections and discussion of the points being made here by Krishna. Hare Krishna. These are the basics. Clear, simple, straightforward, unequivocal. Krishna. First is from Saloni Sachi Sundari. Saloni Sachi Sundari.
have something to say? No? Later maybe? Okay. Saloni Suchasundari, Hare Krishna. She says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, all glories to Sri the Gurudev. Jai, all glories to, to His Divine Grace. From Bhaktamatsu. Haribo Bhaktamatsu. He says, Sri the Prabhupada Ki Jai, Bhaktivedanta Purports Ki Jai, His Holiness Keshava Bharati Goswami Ki Jai. Daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, Ki Jai, all the assembled devotees, Ki Jai. Jai, that covers everybody. Haribo. From Rati Manjari. Is this Rati? Okay, she wasn't here last night. She's back. Good. Hare Krishna. Life of the party. <laughs> she says, Jai Guru Maharaj, thank God for the daily readings of Sri the Prabhupada's books. <laughs> well, that's a proper use of that saying. Oh, thank God for the daily readings of Sri the Prabhupada's books. There you go. It looks like a heading for some kind of. Devadarana. A promotional. Devadarana, Hare Krishna. He says, Jai, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. Today I am fortunate because I am hearing you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Uh, I think you're hearing Prabhupada. I'm just the peon delivering the mail, just reading what Prabhupada has written. And from Sudevi Dasi. Yes. <clears throat> dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I am the example of the fool described here. I have been lamenting the loss of my best friend, my mother. When I hear you read, that pain goes away and I regain my sanity. Oh. I need so much more practice in chanting with focus and hearing more attentively. Thank you for helping me survive the trials of life. Hare Krishna. Welcome to the club. Every one of us has to go through all of these changes of the of the material energy. I'm so happy to hear that uh, it's giving you solace and relief. Hare Krishna. And from Gopakanya. Gopakanya, Hare Bol. She says, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all friends. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. Okay. Our honored guest is going to deliver some transcendental knowledge over here. No, I, I was just thinking about Maharaj that... Uh, just like there's these combinations of verses like 434 and 435 hmm. um, that you often point out well, that there's a combination of verses like that here um, I think it's 214 and 215 yes absolutely that uh, there's a happy result of Matras Parashastakantiya Sudhashanashagudukada there's a happy result of that which is described in the in the following verse yes which is um, that one who th does that becomes 
eligible for liberation. Yes, yamina yadiyantete, purusham purusham. Samadukha sukham dedam becomes free from uh, the influence of happiness and distress and neutral, yes, sober. Yes, actually the whole Gita is like this. It's not, not any one verse is to be considered by itself. It's connected with other verses and groups of verses are connected with groups of verses and chapters are connected with chapters and the result of learning it, actually learning it and not just picking, cherry-picking verses to make the point you're trying to make that you want to make to another person. It brings it to another, a whole other level and then you can actually give a vision, a spiritual vision to people by... I mean, you know, there's lots of devotees I've heard who make such a big deal about being a guru. But actually, Srila Prabhupada and Lord Chaitanya, they actually made it very simple. Just learn the Gita and repeat it to others and your guru. It, it's as simple as that. But there does have to be realization. You know, there does have to be realization. The realization comes from applying internally and externally the philosophy. When you apply the knowledge, then your vision changes. Omagyana timidandasya. Chakshurun vaitamjana. Tasmai Sri Guruvena Maha. So, this is a very wonderful idea that you're putting, you're saying how to put verses together. And many times there's the beginning, the, the first, the verse and the one before it and the one after it also are put together to make a complete picture, complete thought. You have to do this in order to come to the Siddhartha. Otherwise you're just, you know, you know, there's a, there's a word, a French word actually, speaking of French, that uh, the, the word Gopi Paranananda Prabhu used to use it a lot. It's called dilettante. Dilettante is in this French word. It means one who just picks things here and there. He has a whole bunch of books in his shelf. and he, he reads a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there. And then he can quote different things to make an impression on another person <coughs> and make him think that he's deep or knowledgeable or learned or wise you know but actually dilettante it's not like that therefore Rupa Goswami said don't try to read too many books that's what he means if you can read all the books and learn them thoroughly more power to you but if you can't take one the Bhagavad Gita and learn it thoroughly and then everything changes <laughs> Hare Krishna okay so we'd like to thank our honored guest for that wonderful reflection that set us off in a, some direction and um, thank all of the assembled sages oh and we have some more over there from one, one last thing from Rati Manjari one more from Rati oh just what we needed 
And also one more thing just came after that. I'll read this first. She says, Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. So good to hear these classic verses spoken by you. Hmm. In one hour, my consciousness has been lifted out of the swamp of family attachment <laughs> and the fire of lamentation for all and everyone that I have that I have loved and lost. Thank you, Sri the Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj, for lifting the veil and giving me hope that I too can grow in my realization. That's really nice. Actually, while I was reading, you know, when you said open the veil, I, I thought that. You know, that if you look out at the world without this knowledge, it looks like kind of interesting and colorful and things and variety and things. But you just lift the veil with knowledge and you can see everybody is trying to eat everybody else, you know. The birds are eating the, the insects and the insects are eating each other. And, you know, you look out at the, at the nature and it's just beautiful, you know, peaceful, you know, green and... But then if you go into it and start to open the rocks and look underneath the leaves, and then you'll see it's cutthroat. You know, one living being eating another living being. <laughs> That's what nature is. And then those who are skeptics, they'll say, oh yes, you're always so negative. <laughs> How can you live? Where? <laughs> You're escapist. Yes, we're escaping illusion. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, and one more. Thanks, Rati, for that. From Daitari Haridas. Daitya Hari Haridas. He says, Hare Krishna. Yeah. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, thanks again for the reading. It's very impressive the depth and precision that Prabhupada explains what consciousness and the soul is in this section. He spoke about it in almost all his lectures. How important is it that we keep hearing this point? Because sometimes the material tendency is to want to move to higher levels and see this as beginner stuff, which is obviously the wrong mentality. Thanks, by the way, for your answer to my question last night. I really needed to hear that. Thank you very much, Dr. Haridas. And uh, it's very true what you just said. And uh, we will leave it at that. We'll chew on what you've said and digest it. And it will help us in our spiritual lives. Yes, the Bhagavad Gita has layers of meanings uh, even in beginning purports, there's layers of meanings. And uh, to understand it deeply requires, yeah, work, you know, spiritual work and uh, attention to the detail and the ability to put the thoughts together, as we were talking with Radharaman just now, so that we can actually see for ourselves this is not just about collecting information or information content. Huh? It's about, you know, gaining knowledge and through that knowledge, wisdom, and through that wisdom, the ability to live, you know, uh, 
in a way that causes clarity and causes uh, peacefulness, but more than peacefulness, happiness. But you can't be happy without peace. That's what Krishna says later on in the Gita, in the end, at the end of this chapter, actually. And um, so, yes, it's very important to continue to hear the Bhagavad Gita. And Prabhupada says it many times in his purports, even in the Bhagavatam, that the Gita should not be, you, you should not stop reading the Gita. You should keep reading the Gita. As he, as Daita Haridas kind of hinted at, you know, if you don't, then time will take it, the knowledge away. Because time, the, time is all-powerful. Time is Krishna, an incarnation of Krishna, an expansion of Krishna. And it causes us to forget. So unless we continually hear the Gita and the Bhagavatam and the Chaitanya Jaradramins and all these books uh, regularly, then we will forget it's sure. So with that, we'll, we'll close our you know, readings for the day and invite you all to come back uh, tomorrow for more of the same. More nectar, more solidifying and digging deeper so that we can uh, build a foundation that is very strong so that we can build the, the house of bhakti is built on this foundation of the of the knowledge of the Gita Bhagavad Gita as it is ki jai samabeda bhakta binda ki jai gaur premanandi hari hari bol see you tomorrow night same place same time same topic the nectar of Krishna's words See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.